Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. Spring is coming, so today we're going to be talking about ideas for planning the well-producing sustainable family garden, the March to-do spring preparation list, four ways to keep Monsanto out of your home garden, and how to build a durable wind and weather-resistant trellis. So stay tuned. Have you started to get gardening and seed catalogs yet? Now during these more sedate months, before spring bursts upon us, is the right time to start planning your family garden. Ever since the Garden of Eden, gardening has been a timeless way to exercise Get fresh air and sunshine, plus reap the benefits of growing your own healthy and fresh food. Still, to be realistic, it is hard work. All the weeding, composting, planting, harvesting, watering, and more. It takes planning and some knowledge of what to grow and how to do it. To gain the most rewards, plan to grow things you are familiar with and that you enjoy eating. When we were able to have children, some things changed. Until they were older, we had a more streamlined garden, designed just for things we really didn't want to do without, such as cabbage, so we could make real homemade sauerkraut, heirloom tomatoes, herbs, pole beans up and on a trellis for easier and cleaner picking, red and green peppers, cucumbers, and squash on a trellis. Radishes and sunflowers are things that children can't fail at, So if you have children, consider those. Children learn to love gardening when they like to eat the foods that they raise. You never know. Maybe you will be having a budding gardener or two when they have a few successes of their own to bring to the table. As you incorporate your young children into your plans for a garden, they will find ways to enjoy the journey if you keep a smile on your face. While not perfect, our gardening experiences were usually full of laughter, challenging hard work, and later satisfaction of a job well done. So let's talk about planning what to grow. Here are some of the basic vegetables you might consider. Early spring crops, plant as early as you can work the soil, would include lettuce, buttercrunch and romaine type lettuces, cabbage, radishes, snow peas, garlic bulbs, greens like chard, beets, cilantro, spinach and mustard, herbs like thyme, parsley, sage, and chives. Warm weather crops after the first frost-free date in your area would include tomatoes, heirlooms, and cherry, peppers, sweet bell, roasting varieties, and hot peppers, pole green beans, bush beans, squash, yellow zucchini, and butternut, onions, white, yellow, and red, sweet corn, watermelon, cucumbers, potatoes, pumpkins, sweet potatoes, and herbs like dill, rosemary, and basil. Now remember that those are just to be planted in the warmer weather after the frost-free date in your area. 
planning to get a great start. Catalogs are so helpful to help us get organized. Get an in-hand paper copy to curl up on the couch with or go online. I always start planning using a list of my selections and then draw out just how they will be laid out in the garden or, or on graph paper. For me, it's a must to have this visual aid. The catalogs will tell you how far apart to plant different varieties. You can also get a good idea of how much of each thing you can plant based on the space you have. Beware, in 2005, Monsanto grabbed 40% of the U.S. seed market and 20% of the global seed market when it bought out Seminus, making them the largest seed company in the world, supplying the genetics for 55% of the lettuce on U.S. supermarket shelves, 75% of the tomatoes, and 85% of the peppers, with strong holdings in beans, cucumbers, squash, melons, broccoli, cabbage, spinach, and peas. The dirty little secret of the GMO industry is that most of the traits that they brag about trying to create, like drought tolerance, greater nutrition, etc., are actually the product of traditional breeding. And Monsanto, closely followed by Dow and Syngenta, have been buying up every seed company they can ever since. They even own the, own the trademark for many of the names of popular non-GMO seed var varieties. So, when buying seeds, make sure you keep Monsanto out of your home garden, and we will speak more about that in just a few minutes. Gardening has been one of the most enjoyable pastimes in the life of our family. It has helped us to teach our children good work ethic, a love for God's creation, and supplied us with a healthy food supply, reducing our cost for food. We are better prepared in the event of, an, of a lengthy emergency. So curl up with a catalog or two, or go online and dream about the spring garden. Ah, fresh air and sunshine. Everything that slows us down and forces patience, everything that sets us back into the slow circles of nature is a help. Gardening is an instrument of grace. And that is a quote by, we don't know actually, it's an unknown, but it is a beautiful quote. Now may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. <clears throat> establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Psalm ninety seventeen. When we come back, the March to Do Spring Preparation List for Gardeners. When it comes to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well-baby visit. Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. In areas where there are cold winters, March is time for gardeners at heart to be planning and getting ready to plant the coming summer's bounty. Your soil should soon be workable for planting your first cool weather seeds and preparing your garden beds. So let's look at a March gardening to-do list. One, as early as possible, think of the veggies and greens you'd like to plant this year. Check out online catalogs to get ideas and consider a garden record book with spaces to record the dates of first and last frosts, starting seeds, direct sowing seeds, and other information. Get your seeds. It's not too late. 
Keep Monsanto out of your garden when you buy your vegetable seeds. Many of the old-time garden seed companies have been bought out by the voracious mega-giant Monsanto, and we will talk more about that later. Define your needs. Think about your family's veggie needs. Decide what and approximately how much to plant to meet it. I've compiled a list of helpful links for you to consult with other knowledgeable gardeners. Be sure to bookmark the ones you find especially helpful. Lay out your garden. Plan your vegetable garden on paper or use the interactive gardener planner and allow for rotating crops. Four, find out your planting zone with the National Gardening Association, USDA Hardiness Zone Finder. Not understanding this concept if you are new to gardening is a surefire way to get disappointed, especially with perennial flowers, shrubs, and herbs. Five, find your frost-free date in order to know the earliest date to plant in your area. Think about tools. Know the tools that you'll need for your projects and have them ready. You wouldn't begin a project or class with your children without having all the tools required supplies for the job. The same should be true for your outdoor garden project. It would be wasteful and frustrating to get halfway into a project and realize you have to clean up and head into town for whatever it is. First weeks of March, when weather permits, empty compost bins and place about one to two inch layer of compost over all garden beds. Carefully divide and replant perennials as they emerge. Save money by dividing your own perennials and swapping with friends. If you have a frost-free cold frame, plant early spinach, lettuce, and other hardy greens like cilantro, beets, chard, kale, and mustard. March 1st through the 15th, begin to sow radish seeds and garlic bulbs tip up, four to six inches deep, directly into the soil if it's workable. Within two to three weeks, you should be able to add spinach, kale, lettuce, cilantro, and other cool weather edibles. It's traditional to plant potatoes on St. Patrick's Day, but if your garden soil feels tough like Play-Doh, wait until later to plant. And if it's like chocolate cake, go ahead. Third and fourth week in March, you may plant blueberries, strawberries, and grapes as soon as the soil is workable. March 25th through the 31st begin successive sowings of peas, spinach, leaf lettuce, onion sets, turnips, and shallots. Start seeds of tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, and other warm season veggies indoors in little pea pots on your own starter or your own starter kit. They will be placed outdoors after your frost-free date. Clear away debris from flower beds and cut back any old tops of perennial grasses and plants such as sage, hydrangeas, etc. to allow the new growth to come up cleanly. I saw new buds on the clementus yesterday. Prune all the dead vines away, but leave these buds which will provide you with flowers for summer. For bulbs, tulips, daffodils, grape hyacinths, and crocuses should be beginning to appear now. Deadhead and feed spring bulbs after flowering, but do not remove leaves until they turn yellow, as that also feeds the bulb for healthy blooms next year. Pot up some spring bulbs like hyacinths, daffodils, and tulips to bloom indoors. Plant paper white narcissus bulbs in gravel and water for fragrant indoor blooms in six weeks. After amaryllis finishes blooming, cut old flower but not the leaves. Put in sunny location, water and fertilize until the end of summer so it will bloom next year. Plant summer bulbs such as daylilies, trumpet and asiatic lilies, and corms of gladiolas. Acidify soil. You can use acidic pine needles to mulch these acid-loving plants or apply an organic product 
or one of your choice on azaleas, rhododendrons, holly, blueberries, camellia, dogwood, gardenia, lupine, hydrangeas. To make pink hydrangeas turn blue or to keep your blue ones from turning pink, increase the acidity of soil. Lily of the valley, magnolia, phlox, pieris, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries. There is more than I can list here that can be accomplished during these warming March days to ready the garden and the yard. Throw on a jacket, your garden clogs, grab your gloves, breathe in deeply, and smile for the gifts from God right there outside your door. Henry Van Dyke says, The first day of spring is one thing, and the first spring day is another. The difference between them is sometimes as great as a month. It is no secret that Jackie loves TRS, but some have asked exactly what is TRS? TRS is a nano zeolite spray that facilitates some amazing things. TRS does not heal anything, but it gently clears the body of toxins and heavy metals, so the body can heal itself exactly as God designed it to do. Why not get to the root cause instead of just applying band-aids? Excellent supplements and individual remedies can help, but they cannot help as much until you remove the root source of inflammation and disease. Detoxing toxins and metals is foundational to good health. TRS is safe for the elderly and for children as well. For more information, go to www.deeprootsathome.com forward slash TRS. So let's talk about four ways to keep Monsanto out of your home garden. Have you unknowingly invited Monsanto to your garden party? In 2005, Monsanto grabbed 40% of the U.S. seed market and 20% of the global seed market when it bought out Seminus, making them the largest seed company in the world. They supplied the the genetics for 55% of the lettuce on U.S. supermarket shelves, 75% of the tomatoes, 85% of the peppers, with strong holdings in beans, cucumbers, squash, melons, broccoli, cabbage, spinach, and peas, and Monsanto has been buying up every seed company they can ever since. By going to the Seminus site, you can see their history of acquisitions. And you can see that Syngenta and Dow are doing the same. Apparently, Monsanto is now legally registered or established to hold the trademark for a plethora of the named heirloom seed varieties. This company has strategically positioned itself to profit from the growing heirloom or open-pollinated home gardening markets. Boy, it makes me sick to send profits their way. First, as of 2015, the Bayer takeover of Monsanto merges a chemical giant with a seed giant and leaves the control of the world's food supply into too few hands. The merger also links two key parts of agricultural production, reducing competition in the food chain. In 2020, Bayer is expected to control well over the 2017 estimate of 29% of the global seed market and 24% of the global pesticide market, but now they have a competitor. Second, there are serious concerns about increased farmer dependency on a smaller number of suppliers and higher prices due to weak competition. Third, the deal increases the power of an even smaller group of companies over the intellectual property and patents that already lock up much of the world's commercially produced food supply. The patents weaken farmers' ability to use and reuse their own seeds. 
And finally, there are ongoing food health and safety concerns related to the seeds and chemicals produced by these companies. Increasing their market share increases their power over the market and over the producers and consumers that use their products. In 2015, the World Health Organization declared glyphosate the active ingredient in Monsanto's herbicide Roundup as probably carcinogenic in humans. We home gardeners need to do our homework to make sure we purchase seeds from companies that aren't in partnership with Bayer, Monsanto, or Seminus. The Healthy Home Economist gives us four ways to forget Monsanto. It's pretty important to make sure that none of the seeds you buy this year support Monsanto or one of the companies owned by them. So let's look at some excellent seed companies that are not affiliated with Monsanto. Avoid buying anything from companies that are affiliated with Monsanto or Seminus, and you can search the companies that they do business with to avoid them as they are potentially compromised. Avoid buying seed or seed lane varieties that are trademarked and owned by Seminus or Monsanto. So this would include popular tomato varieties, such as Early Girl, Better Boy, and Burpee's Big Boy, as well as a host of other common home garden varieties like Habanero Hot Peppers and Pac-Man Broccoli. These are not GMO varieties, but their purchase does profit Monsanto. Ask seed companies if they've taken the Safe Seed Pledge and tested their stock for GMO. Purchase, plant, and save seeds from heirloom varieties. We need to support Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds. That's Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds, or Seed Savers Exchange, or Clear Creek Heirloom Seeds. And then there's others listed on Jackie's original post that specialize in heirlooms and that are not owned by Monsanto or Seminus. Go to Jackie's blog to the post Four Ways to Keep Monsanto Out of Your Home Garden for a thorough and complete list of many, many companies that have not sold out to Monsanto. Baker Creek is run by a real family, as many of the remaining smaller seed companies. They work extensively to supply to supply free seeds to many of the world's poorest countries, as well as here at home in school gardens and other educational projects. It is their goal to educate everyone about a better, safer food supply. And don't forget seed savers. Here you can shop hundreds of heirloom, organic, non-GMO vegetable seeds and plants to grow in your garden. Let's boycott all gene-altering companies. Together we can build a more sustainable world, one garden at a time. And finally today, let's look at how to build a durable wind and weather-resistant trellis. Any time but the dead of winter is a great time to build a centerpiece for your garden, a durable, eye-pleasing trellis. Here are instructions to build a simple arched trellis that will be very strong as well as beautiful. You will leave this one in place all year round. It holds up to high winds. We know because we've had 70 to 75 miles per hour winds several times during spring and fall tornado-like storms. We added our trellis between two of our four by six raised beds, but there are so many ways this can be done. Check the cattle panel sizes available in your area at the local tractor supply, rural king or farm store. Ask for a 36 by 30 inch 36 by 38 inch wide by 16 feet long. This gives more than enough room to walk under, yet easy to reach beans, squash, or melons when you're ready to harvest. 
Planting along the bottom of a trellis is perfect for squash, pole beans, and melon plants. As with any trellis, you'll need to help you'll need to help the plants up and onto the trellis for the first foot or two. Just let the tendrils entwine the bottom rung or two and off they'll go. They will flower better and bear more if given room and sunlight. Plant as many as you want, but thin, leaving six to eight inch between pole beans and cucumber seedlings and nine to 12 inch between squash and melon seedlings. If you have the right soil for melons, these panels can be used to grow melons like cantaloupe or honeydew, but not watermelon. The plants will naturally develop thicker stems to support the heavier fruit than if they lay on the ground. It will support all but the heavier of the squash varieties like the hubbards and pumpkins. Everything stays cleaner and leaves, de and leaves develop less fungus problems, although there will still be some. Butternut squash can get 15 to 8, 18 inches if you let them and still be perfect for roasting. Developing butternut and squash also are so beautiful on the vines and on the plate. Baby cucumbers are some of the prettiest things and squash flowers attract pollinators every time. Harvesting is usually at waist or eye level or above, except for cucumbers which don't grow so tall. You can sit in a chair in the shade to pick your green beans if it suits your fancy. Over many years, my favorite is disease-resistant Kentucky Wonder pole bean. You'll need two people to install the trellis safely. For these, cow panels are quite stiff and you can, they can poke you if it springs back when you arch it. Wear heavy gloves or thick jeans. One person on either end, walk together gently folding the panel. Do not push the ends together too hard or it will bend the metal at the top and crease it. The four by eight boxes will hold it in place until you can fasten it permanently. This can also be done without raised beds to arch between. An alternate way is to use a sturdy deep staking with two or three metal fence posts driven down 18 inches and secured with heavy gauge wire. Place the panels all the way down to the ground for stability. Use three inch galvanized or exterior nails to fasten the panel to the box. Drive the nail in deeply and bend the head over the wire in several places all along the bottom. Here are a few trellis tips. Once there are vines, especially the giant leaves of squash like butternut and acorn crawling all over it, they can catch wind like a sail. We get some very strong winds from the west and southwest here most summers, so we put our panels arched so you can walk under them from east to west. The wind blows right through. The vines may take a bit of roughing up, but wind has never affected our crops. These panel arbors should be pretty much carefree, and they will not rust. Ours is now eight years old and still wonderfully strong. Now the foundation of your garden is in place. Later this summer, take time out for yourself, get a chair and rest in the shade of one of these leafy cool arbors. Then watch the bees and hear their hum as they work the flowers. Enjoy the fruits of your labor, literally. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seeds you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. 2 Corinthians 9.10 In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. 
Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times. Thanks for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time. Thank you.